Solomon said to God, I know you can do anything. I know you can give me anything. But I ain't want nothing for me. Put wisdom in my heart and in my head so that I can be a good leader to the church. And then God turned around and made him rich. God turned around and made him wealthy. God turned around and gave him so much more because he counted the request for his neighbor to be far greater than anything he could have asked for himself. I'm telling you right now, there are those who belong that we're supposed to be praying for. There are those who belong that we're supposed to be, say it with me, earnestly praying for, fervently praying for. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I believe that God sent me here today to tell you this. Don't be, uh, don't cause what you see to be a stumbling block. Because if you would have caught me 20 years ago, you would have never thought I would have been up here preaching to you this morning. If you would have caught your pastor 25 years ago, you would have never thought he would be up here leading you to great success in the Lord. In fact, some of you sitting in here right now, if you would have seen you 20 years ago, you never would have thought you would have been up early on a Sunday morning worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can I get a witness in the church right now? So why then, why then would you restrict your prayer life to those who fit the description of who you think belong? The church prayed earnestly. I'm getting ready to close. Let me tell you how earnestly they prayed. They prayed so fervently that even when Peter showed up, they wouldn't allow him showing up to distract them for praying for him. They didn't believe Ryder because they didn't want any distraction for praying for him. They prayed until breakthrough or breakout happened. I'm done this morning, but I have an assignment for you. And I need you to understand that the persecution, overcoming power of God is often revealed in the life of others and in the earth as the community of faith prays, as the church prays. This power that we have, it requires a couple of things. One, that we make a habit to engage with others who belong. Now I need you to hear this. That we make a habit to engage others who belong. If the spirit of Herod is still on the loose and he's seeking to oppress and persecute those who belong, the church has to make a habit to engage with others who belong. It is not godly or a part of the church is characteristics to come here and then go home to be with just you and your family. 
Somebody going to catch that? Because some of us in here at the church today, you've never had dinner with some of your church members that's right here in this house. You've never had a moment of fellowship with those whom you go to church with every day. This is it. This is your only fellowship in this controlled environment to where you can sit on. I've been here enough to know that many of y'all sit in the same seat every Sunday. Challenge me. I'll call you out right now. <laughs> this is a part of our routine. And this speaks loudly to me to say, watch this, y'all don't even really know each other. How you gonna pray for me and you don't even know me? In fact, let's go a little deeper. Why would I even tell you what I'm going through when I don't even know you? know if I can trust you. I don't know if you'll tell the person that I don't want you to tell. I, I don't know if you'll laugh at me or I don't know if you'll really take in heart what I'm going through and pray for me until you see breakout or breakthrough. So, so brother, I'm challenging. Sister, I'm challenging you right now. All of you in here right now. See, the thing about getting the word of God is that you're accountable to the word. See, you can't go before God and say, well, I didn't know. He said, yeah, you did. So I'm challenging each and every one of you now. Right now, I want you to yell at your neighbor and say, wake up. You need this. What you sleeping for? You just got up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. I'm challenging you right now to learn to do life with others who belong. If for no, you ain't got to like the way their breath smell. You ain't got to like the way their house look. You ain't got to like what clothes they put on. You have a responsibility of fellowship with other Christians just because the word taught us to do so. You can't share with me as I have need if you don't see what I need. So this power requires that we make a habit to engage others who belong. Secondly, that we are able to see and hear in the spirit in regards to those we engage. What, what's pastor talking about? I'll tell you. Who calling me now? Jordan. I shouldn't have to tell you everything I need. I'm, I'm talking to you. I shouldn't have to tell you everything I need because if you serve the same God that I serve, he knows my needs and I promise you he's ready to use you if you become available. You, you got it, didn't you, brother? There are people that you're going to come in contact with that belong to the body of faith that need something and they got issues. Some of them got pride issues. Come on, I need some help, but I'm a working man. I'm a husband and a wife. I ain't always ready to tell you I'm broke. But in the spirit, God can lead me 
to see what you're in need of because he desires for us to get together and help each other. You got to be able to see me naturally and see me in the spirit. And if you ain't walking according to the dictates of the spirit, you're going to miss the need of your neighbor. And then what's worse? When they lose the house or lose the car or, or can't get no wise counsel as, as it pertains to their marriage and get a divorce, then you're going to turn around and talk about it. No. I got to be ready to engage those who belong. And then I got to live my life prayed up full of worship, full of word that the Holy Spirit may activate in me to lead me to know how I might be a blessing to others who belong. Lastly, this power requires that we refuse to be distracted until we witness breakthrough and breakout. Because that's what the church did. They say, we ain't moving from this house until God moves. We're going to be so dialed in for breakthrough and breakout that we ain't even going to answer the door for the one we're praying for. Don't bother us, Peter. We're too busy praying for you. Why am I saying this? The ball field got some of you too busy. The recitals got some of you too busy. Politics got some of you too busy. Some of us too busy doing church to be the church. Committed to praying for those that belong. Thank you, Jordan. God has given us as the body of believers so much power. And I'm not just going to spend that power on myself. Communicating with God is a great privilege. Man, you ought to continue to shout every day you think about the fact that the veil was torn. You can just come in and out of the holies of holies. You don't need a priest. You don't need a certain individual, you can just go before God and you can begin to cry out to God uh, for things that are happening and things that you see. Uh, many of you right now, we can pray for Ukraine. We can pray. We can even pray that God would touch Putin's heart. We can pray for anything. Why? Because God has given us access to pray. And he sent me here to tell you the most powerful form of prayer is when you pray for somebody else. You got so much faith that you say, I'm not going to waste the currency of prayer on me. You got so much faith that God's going to handle and take care of your business. You put your stuff on the back burner and say, no, I'll pray for Pastor Lacey. I'll pray for Susie. I'll pray for Ukraine. I'll pray for the president. I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll pray, God, you got me. I know you ain't worried about that. I'll pray for my name. All this yelling and all this screaming and all this long talking. I know y'all ain't used to all this long sermon, but I did all of that to tell y'all that you got some power to release in the earth when we come together as one 
and pray that God will do a work in our community. It can't continue just to be about your children and your job and even your church. Praise God, y'all doing good even through COVID. But what about the church that is getting ready to close down? What about the church that, that's in a prison cell that, that Satan says, I'm going to persecute them. I'm going to take this pastor who's been standing on the mountain top and declaring Jesus, and I'm going to make him have to close his church. And I'm going to let everybody in this community say, I thought you were a man of God. You mean to tell me that the God you serve can't even pay your mortgage, can't even pay your staff? The devil is a liar. We go pray until the light shows up. We go pray until the lick shows up. We go pray until the that man can hear the voice of God. Get out! Get out! Follow me. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Now, I got to be honest. I'm here this morning with that word and also on another assignment. Keep playing, Jordan, because I need to show you how this works. On January the 23rd, beautiful young lady, Taylor McFadden Robinson. Anybody heard the story? Wave your hand at me. Had a ex-husband climbing through the bedroom window or one window of the house and shoot her several times and murdered her. So I didn't even know Taylor personally, but she was my neighbor. And so I, I received several phone calls from members in my community, and here's what they said. They said, we're going to pray. We want to hold a prayer vigil. We're all going to go to Taylor's house and we're going to stand in her front yard and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And they said, Pastor Lacey, will you come? And when you offer some words, we're going to pray for the situation. Now, we prayed. We got together and we all had our candles and we lit them and we held them up and we prayed about the situation. And then most people went home on their way. But because of that prayer, as I began to leave and go home and the next day, and it's amazing how God works. Because when I come to my neighborhood, Taylor's house is the first house I see every time. And like I told the people that night, I said, I, you know, that young lady could have bought a house anywhere in this neighborhood. She could have bought a house in the back. She could have bought a house across the street. But every time each and every one of us come into this neighborhood, first thing we see is Taylor's house. And through prayer, I never recognized what God was doing. He began to speak to me. He said, this house is here for a reason. You're in this neighborhood for a reason. She chose this house for a reason. There's more that you can do. Prayer was just the access point to information. Woo. Woo. Say this with me. Say faith without works. Finish it for me. It's dead. Oftentimes we pray in faith that God may pull us into works. That something may happen in the natural. So as we prayed, driving by this house every day, the Lord put her children on my heart. 
And every day I would pass by. I never once saw those boys except for passing by and they'd be in the yard playing. But every day since January the 23rd, this family has been on my heart. And they got there through the fervent prayers of the righteous. And I've been on a journey for the last, what? What's it? March now, two months or so. And God's been using me to pull people together from everywhere through prayer to be a blessing to those two young men. So I'm here today, first and foremost, to deliver a word to you to let you know that there's power in prayer as it pertains to the church. I'm here today to let you know, to speak into your life, that there are people that belong to God that can only prosper in Him when we pray. And I'm calling you to 